1236, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is a Thursday afternoon. The uh, fallout from Virginia Attorney General Jason Biari's rather extensive report, 69 pages as I recall, on the parole board is still happening. This is a huge, absolutely a huge story. The sad part, as far as I'm concerned, statute of limitations has uh, run out on Adrian Bennett and criminal liability. However, she can, and in my opinion, she should be removed from that judgeship. And she can, and in my opinion, she should be disbarred. Now, I don't know if there's going to be any action on either one of those things, but it's a huge story. What this parole board and what this parole board chair did to victims in our Commonwealth is absolutely uh, disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And as I pointed out yesterday, even though uh, Jason Miari's in his report talks about uh, the media covering this, the reality is there was really one guy on the radio and one guy on TV covering it and staying focused on it. You know who the guy on the radio was. My friend John Burgett, the uh, crime insider from CBS 6, was absolutely the guy on TV. John, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Listen, uh, this is a story that is near and dear, I would dare say, to both of us. Uh, We were both following this 24-7, it seemed, forever. Uh, Just give me, first off, just your your gut check response to uh, Jason Miari's report. Well, in his first line when he came out, and he said, folks, this is worse than what we expected, uh, that was kind of an eyebrow raiser. Because I was like, oh, boy, what else do they find? And then you come with the numbers of, in a month's time, 137 violent offenders released compared to four nonviolent offenders released. And it just it makes you shake your head like, what was going on? Yeah, yeah. It was, in many ways, the... The cover-up as well. I mean, the cover-up was active. It was ongoing. Uh, the Northam administration, I, I'm going to say it. You don't have to. But I think the Northam administration knew about it from from the beginning. And, and they just didn't care. It seemed like COVID was the cover. Well, that's, you know, that's something that came out in the report, too, is that they were talking about COVID-19 and how uh, Bennett wanted to use that as uh, a way to, to – let some of these guys out on parole. But at the time, Secretary of Public Safety Brian Moran said, absolutely not. You can't do that. You can't make up your own rules. You have to go through the legislature to do that. And, uh, you know, uh, Miara said yesterday that Moran was uh, one of the main guys they spoke with as far as from the Northern Administration, and he cooperated, and so did Westfall, the, the, the OSIG. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, uh, you know, in retrospect, uh, that uh, Moran is now forthcoming. But let's not kid ourselves. He was one of the guys out in front, along with Clark Mercer, uh, doing everything possible, it seemed to me, to uh, to tarnish the reputation of Jennifer Muschietti, who was who was the investigator over at OSIG, who really blew the lid off of all this. And that's what came out in this report as well, is that, you know, taxpayers footed a $250,000 bill that the Northern administration got a firm from New York to come down and investigate it. 
and I can't remember. It's a, was it Nixon Peabody? That sounds about. And that sounds right. Yeah, I think it's Nixon Peabody. And basically, they said that the whistleblower in this case, Machete, was biased, and so was Westfall, who was the OSIG at the time, the Inspector General. And this report that Miares put out framed it and said, "Listen, there that we could find no bias. It was unbiased on their part." And we don't know where Nixon and Peabody came up with that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I think $250,000 in a request from the Northam administration might have been involved in their uh, uh, their findings. But, you know, I'm spitballing here. So so where do we go from here, do you think, John? Uh, this Adrian Bennett still has her judgeship in Virginia Beach. But for the longest time, people were telling me they haven't seen her at the Virginia Beach courthouse for a long time. Do you, do you know what's going on out there? Well, Miares did confirm yesterday, the, uh, the Attorney General confirmed, that she was put on suspension uh, when some of this parole board stuff uh, surfaced. Uh, they also made allegations in the report that she was still acting as if she was in charge of the parole board during some of, of her, her judgeship down there in Virginia Beach. So yeah. that's got to go in front of it. I think they called it a canon Right. Something like, I don't know the, the terminology for it, but, uh, and, you know, yesterday I asked the question, I said, so basically you're telling us statute of limitations to the year, and there's going to be zero accountability for any of this, even though uh, it was said yesterday she could have been charged with at least three misdemeanors right? And, and served a year in jail, could serve a year in jail for each of these misdemeanors if convicted. Mm-hmm. But the statute of limitations has passed, so that can't happen. So really, as far as the judgeship, I think the only thing that can happen is legislators get together and they can maybe uh, start an impeachment process on the judgeship. But I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Well, I, that seems to be problematic because, of course, we we need the uh, the Virginia Democrats to get on board. And as you read the uh, Mayari's report, boy, this this whole thing seemed political. Um, you go back to who it was who appointed some folks, including Bennett. You know, you got the Terry McAuliffe crowd and the rest of it. I still think, again, my personal opinion, I think she ought to be removed from the judgeship. And as I'm reading through this report, I'm thinking, I think she ought to be disbarred. Now, I'm I'm not an attorney. I'm not a prosecutor. So this is just uh, what's rattling around inside my head. But I, I, I think given her actions, my God, she's got to be held accountable. And what was shocking more so to me is that Miara has announced yesterday that they tried to investigate with her and interview her. She wasn't very cooperative with her interviews, and all of her emails surrounding the parole board were deleted somehow. <sighs> and you come to tell me that she can delete emails and they'll be off the server? I don't know if I buy that. Yeah, yeah. This, listen. I, this whole thing stinks to high heaven, and it and it and it stank to high heaven starting with day one, don't you think? I do, yeah. and uh, obviously there's more legwork on this, but I just think right now, if you want accountability, it's going to be done through legislators, and that's going to be in the form of of getting her off the bench if they vote to impeach her. John Burkett is joining us, the uh, crime insider from CBS 6. As I mentioned to you, uh, as all of this was unfolding, and, and it really was unfolding uh, because the, the, the killer of Richmond police officer Michael Patrick Connors was, uh, was granted parole. 
uh, John Burkett was the guy on TV that did, that took this um, as far as it could go. And, John, I remember you asking the question of, of, of Ralph Northam, who looked uh, as he normally did, but especially so that day, sort of like the deer caught in the headlights and tried to shuffle off the stage. Yeah, and it's just, you know, it, it's kind of a can that's been kicked down the road, man. Yeah. And yesterday, I can honestly, I, from personal standpoint, I thought more was going to come out of it. But, yeah. you know, I, I don't know the law. And right. I'm not a lawyer. I'm a reporter. Yep. Yep. Well, and, and frankly, we're happy that you're a reporter because you're uh, – <laughs> uh, no, I'm serious, man. You're one of the best. And I, I, I you know I've said that I privately and that. I'll say it publicly where everybody can hear it. I, I, I admire the fact and appreciate the fact, especially with this case – that uh, you went, you know what, to the wall to, to, to keep the, 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 the light on this, to keep covering it. And, and you spent time, as, as, as I did, my friend, talking with, uh, with the Connors family. Yeah, and I still keep in contact yeah. with them. Uh, they reached out around Christmas time. So, uh, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of, if I encourage folks to look up this report and to read the 70 pages. You're going to be blown away with some of the examples. Uh, the, the number of rapists that were let go, 37% of the murder suspects on parole were let go. Uh, and in and, 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 and doing so, when I say let go, uh, she was waiving supervision. Normally when you get on parole, you have five years of supervision automatic. Right. Well, that was written off. The five years was written off. That's one of the findings they found. I mean, that in and of itself is outrageous. I mean, could you imagine you've you've made this disastrous decision to uh, release capital murderers and those convicted of first degree murder, but then you want to uh, compound it by saying, "Oh, and by the way, no supervision." I I just it, it boggles the mind. It really does, John. It does, and there were several instances where the Miara spelled out, guys got out, and within two weeks, we're back in for doing some similar or even worse crimes. So, you know, I don't think anybody is opposed to second chances, but when you have inmates that are being released that average, on average, had 104 years of sentencing, that's just, it's mind-boggling. It just makes you shake your head like, what? It sure does. It sure does. Hey, a quick question for you, because I'm sure you were covering yep. these uh, these new crime numbers that our acting chief of police, Rick Edwards, uh, released the other day. Anything jump out yep. from those that uh, you want to share with us? Well, what jumps out right now is that in the city of Richmond, which is drastically more populated than the city of Hopewell, is doing better than the city of Hopewell. Mm. You know, we've had three homicides this year in Richmond. Hopewell's had four. I mean, that's almost unheard of, man. In my career, I don't think I've ever – Hopewell normally has four a year, and they've already got four in the month of January. So hopefully that the, uh, the task force that they put together down in Hopewell uh, with the state police, with Hopewell sheriff's deputies, hopefully that's going to work because uh, they're off to a rocky start. They sure are. They sure are. John – I always appreciate you making time, especially with all these big family events you got doing the grandpa thing and your your big brother celebrating his birthday, and it's all good stuff. Though I feel like, I John, I feel like Jonathan Austin, the juggler. Man, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I've got another. I've got another birthday coming up this week, man. My daughter turns seven on Monday, so 
No, really? Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, it, it seems like she was just born, dude. Yeah, I well, I not that I was there, but I remember the pics. I remember the announcement. Oh my seven, the, Wow, she's almost into the double digits, my friend. I know she'll be asking for her keys to the car in no time. <laughs> Ah, hey, before I cut you, <laughs> before I cut you loose, any of the uh, the cold cases that you're uh, you're working on right about now, or anything you want us to know? Well, funny you ask that because I'm getting ready to interview the father of Ashley Berry. She was the uh, Richmond firefighter that was murdered in Hopewell yep. uh, about four years ago. She she was shielding her five year old son when someone came by and 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 shot her. Uh, we're working on that case, and we've got a few others that we're working on, but the Ashley Berry case is the closest one that we are to broadcast. All right. Well, we will, of course, stay focused. We'll be watching you on CBS 6. Uh, a very happy birthday for your uh, for your little lady there. I, I can't believe she's seven. That's, uh, man, well, happy birthday. And that, that just means you're old. That's all I can say. Yeah, I know. It's, I'm a grandpa. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it a second time, but I know when you get to your age, your memory goes. So yeah, you're a grandpa. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I'm using as my excuse now. My wife says you're not taking the trash out. So I'm a grandpa. I forget. Goodness gracious! All right. Well, we got a couch here when you uh, when you need uh, to crash for a night, John. We... <laughs> all right, brother. All right, thank you, man. man. All right, that is John Burkett, Crime Insider, CBS Six. John's the guy. When it comes to criminal matters, I'm just telling you flat out, there's nobody better. And, and if you don't have a copy of his book, uh, you can go to thejeffcatshow.com. That's the quickest one that I'm thinking of uh, because we've got the book club that I put up there. Well, I put up there. PJ Morrissey, my social media director, put it up there. But you can go there, thejeffcatshow.com, and I've got all the books there. And you get uh, yourself a copy of John Burkett's book. And, and watch him on CBS 6. I'm just telling you, this matter that Jason Miari's talked about yesterday is huge, and I'm going to cover it a little bit more in the 4 o'clock hour. In fact, I want everybody to hear as much about this as possible because some people have already sent me notes. Jeff, it's 69, 70 pages long. I don't have time. Can't you do the highlights? Well, I did that yesterday, and some people say, well, I wasn't here yesterday. I didn't get a chance to hear. It. That's fine. 4 o'clock hour, I'll tell you a little bit more about what the Attorney General reveals, and it is ugly. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA.